in entrepreneurship, it is not the quality of your idea. It's your ability to execute on someone else's idea better than they execute on it and solve the problem better. It don't always have to be brilliant ideas. I'm worth hundreds of millions of dollars. None of the businesses I started were a innovative or unique idea or concept. I out-executed people in those industries to win. You're listening to the Growth Manifesto podcast, where we host in-depth interviews with business leaders, authors, industry experts, and entrepreneurs with a singular focus around business growth. At the end of each podcast, we want you to walk away inspired, to think bigger, and to have actionable takeaways you can apply to improve your business. Each episode is like a masterclass on a key topic. So make sure to browse the episodes to find the topics that are most relevant to your biggest business challenges today. This podcast is brought to you by Web Profits, a digital growth consultancy that helps challenge your brands drive growth in a complex and fragmented digital landscape. You can find out more about Web Profits at webprofits.io. Now, let's get into it. This is Alex Cleanthus, and today we're talking with Ed Milet. He's a seasoned entrepreneur, he's a best selling author, he's a global speaker, he's the host of the Max Out podcast, and he has a following of more than 3 million people on social media. And today we'll be talking about his latest book, The Power of One More, which outlines his approach to reaching excellence in every part of your life. Hello, and welcome, Ed. It's good to see you. I think I see my other book in the background over there by your right shoulder. Is that my other book? My that book? is the other book. That is um, <laughs> awesome. Max Out Your Life. Um, <laughs> well, the power of one more is the one that I'm most fired up about. So thank you for that intro and thanks for having me. Yeah, it's a pleasure. But let's get straight into it. Um, yeah. What do you mean by the power of one more? It has What's two meanings. behind it, you know? Yeah, it has two meanings. I'll give the answer to you as quickly as I can. One is that... I think there's, you know, people have this issue where they think people don't have vision in their life. And I don't think that's true. I think most people have vision. If I said, do you want to be happy or sad? You'd say happy. What's your vision? Rich or poor? I probably want to be rich. Help a bunch of people or make no contribution. I want to help a bunch of people. So people have a vision. The issue is they think they're further away from their dream than they are. And because they have this belief system, they perpetually create a pattern of their life where they keep it that far away. But what if that's a great lie? What if changing your life is not 20 years from now? What if it's the great lie of our lives that we all buy into? And what if the truth is you're one meeting away, one decision away, one new thought, one new relationship, one new emotion, one new book, one new podcast away. And that's the truth. I coach some of the top people in the world. I've become pretty successful myself, you might say. And I can tell you that I'm a series of one more decisions. So that's the first premise. You are one away from changing your life. There's lots of examples of that, including me. The second one is that there's a power in trying something one more time. And in the book, I give very, as you know, very detailed strategies about your mind, about time management, about leadership, about influence, about equanimity, which is peace under duress. And that came from the fact that my father, I was raised by an alcoholic. And my dad finally tried to get sober one more time. I'll never forget it. We we're driving in the car. He was crying. He said, Eddie, I'm going to try to quit drinking one more time. And he did. He said, I'm going to give it one more try. And it worked. And then when he got sober, I said, Daddy, are you never going to drink again? And I'll never forget it, man. He said, I can't promise you I'll never drink again. What I can promise you is I'm not going to drink for one more day. And that power, that stack, that ended up being the rest of his life, one more day at a time. So many times when I wanted to quit as an entrepreneur, I'd call my dad, Dad, I'm broke. I don't have any money in the bank anymore. And everyone's quitting. The, my dad said, hey, you don't have to decide you're never going to quit. You're not going to quit forever. Just don't quit for one more day. 
And that power of one more both ways has changed my life and millions of other people's lives. So where do you think are the obvious places for people to think about the one more thing? You know, that most people are trying and it's like really hard or it's really yep. easy, but they don't think about it, you know, but well, yeah. I talk about in the book, I, I, I use the matrix, the movie, the matrix is the example, because if you live in expectation of something or belief in it, you'll see things you don't see. This is not like rah-rah or foofy stuff. There's a part of your brain called the reticular activating system. It's your filter to the world. It reveals to you what you believe to be most true or what you expect. And so when you have this expectation, there's a one more meeting, there's one more relationship. I'm one more person away from my dream marriage. I'm one decision away from a business going from flat to exploding. Your reticular activating system sees things that were always in your peripheral, but it blocked before. It hears things, auditory conversations that were going on around you before that you were missing. It actually can touch things. It's a fact. It reveals your matrix to you. That's the separator. And if you ever wonder whether that's true or not, it happens every day in our lives. If you've ever been on an airplane and there's kind of a couple fighting three rows behind you, but they're not talking that loud, but all of a sudden their conversation is very interesting and important to you. Isn't it odd that you could auditorily hear their conversation over the other noise on the airplane? Or if you walk in a room, it's crowded. But in my case, someone says, Ed, I could hear my own name over the, audibly over the rest of the room because it's important to me. One more example I'll give you since there's a power of one more. I just bought a Tesla. <laughs> Love that, right? by the way. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I just bought a Tesla. And I don't even like them, to be honest with you. But I love what Musk is doing. He's a disruptor. So I buy this Tesla. And I'm telling my wife everywhere we drive now, babe, there's a Tesla. There's another Tesla. There's three lanes over other side of the freeway. I'm like, babe, that was a white Tesla. She's like, what is wrong with you that you see these Teslas everywhere? I said, babe, that's the reticular activating system in my brain. Those Teslas were always there, but now they're important to me. And so I see them. We've all experienced this when we bought a new car or a new pair of shoes or maybe a watch. All of a sudden you see other ones everywhere. Last example, if you're a man, or you're a woman, but you're single. Let's say you're a single man and you like, I'll make it up, brunettes, let's just say. You can walk in a room of 200 people with about three minutes, that man can tell you where all eight brunettes are, can't they? <laughs> right? And this is true for everybody. What's important to you is revealed to you in your vision. And if it's not, you'll be oblivious to it. And that's why you're missing things in your life. You've not programmed your RAS and your matrix and so it's not complicated. And I give you some very basic techniques in the book that will completely change your life to do it. So it really starts with a vision of your life. Is that right? So it starts with vision? Or does it also start with just like, look, I should just go to the gym. <laughs> I'll do no, it just today. I think, I think making decisions is powerful. But, but I do believe that just beginning to live with more intention and more clarity. You know, I, uh, when my dad was dying, I taught my dad the visualizations that I teach, and they're very simple. By the way, everyone listening and watching this, you already visualize. Just what you do, like I used to do, is I visualize what I'm worried about, what I fear, what my problems are, and I see them everywhere. And so my dad, when he couldn't golf anymore, we both play golf, and we're both not very good, but I loved playing golf with my dad. And when my dad was in the hospital, I taught him to visualize. And my dad would be in the hospital every day, and he would play all 18 holes of golf with me. And I would call him, man, I'd call him, you know, because it was during COVID. So I had to sit down in the parking lot. I couldn't even go see my dad. And I'd call my dad and I'd say, hey, he was breathing heavy. I said, how'd you play today? He goes, oh, 
lights out. I shot 68, you know, and I'd be like, how'd I play? He's like, terrible. You shot 94, you know, but I taught him to visualize. So that's part of it. And then the other thing is sometimes in our life, we just have to get our body moving. Just like, just get moving, just take an action, just take a step. Most people, this is what I found out. What separates someone who wins and loses? Because the separation is very small. People that have a hard time winning have a higher threshold of how prepared they think they have to be before they'll jump in and take a step. The successful people have a lower threshold of what they think they have to know or how good they have to be to step into the unknown. And until you reduce that threshold of, okay, I don't know everything, I'm probably going to mess up. I'll give you an example. I just bought an island and there's a bunch of horses on this island. This is no joke. This just happened today. Congratulations, by the way. That's like a kind of a rich name drop thing, but I don't mean it to that reason. I say this to you because I know nothing about horses, right? And just today, no joke, I called randomly out of Google. I said, hi, my name is Ed Milet. I know nothing about horses and I want to learn to ride horses. The lady goes, is this the Ed Milet? You got to be kidding me. Oh my God. (laughs) Prove it's you. And I said, it is me. I swear. Don't you recognize my voice? She goes, where do you work out? And I named the gym I work at out. She goes, I've met you there. I know it's you now. But I am tomorrow, brother, going to go learn to ride horses. I'm 51 years old. I've never been on a freaking horse in my life. But my threshold of how much I need to know before I'll take action is much lower. I'm going. I'll learn as I go. That's the difference. Yeah. And that's something which I wholeheartedly agree with. Um, I see successful entrepreneurs um, are successful because they would just take an action, just that next step. You know, what's that next small little step forward? Because I think so many people focus on what's going to happen, you know, 20 steps. And it's I, like, I, yeah, well, it, it's I probably going to change next, isn't it? Like it just is. take the next but, one and whatever, it's going to change. Whatever you believe in, I believe in, I'm a Christian, but whatever you believe in, I believe in the quantum field. I believe in energy as well. You believe in the universe, whatever you believe in. Listen to me. When you get into these spaces, there's, there's something that happens when you step into the unknown that all of a sudden is revealed to you what you need to do next. Anybody that's a parent, did you have a complete manual for all the years of your kids? I remember my wife handed me my son the first time. I'm like, I don't even, how do you feed one of these things? Where do you wipe them? You know, I didn't have 20 years worth of data. Well, now both my kids are in university. I figured it out as I went. Think about cars. What if Henry Ford, when he started Ford Motor Company, said, hold on a minute here. Why would we make these cars? I don't even know where we would sell them. There's no dealerships. Who's Mm going to fix them? There's no mechanics because there's no freaking cars, right? Like, what if he thought about every single step that he didn't know? Steve Wozniak's a dear friend of mine. He founded a little company called Apple with this other guy named Steve Jobs. It was a board company. They didn't know what a Mac was then. They had no idea about an iPhone. They didn't have the vision for that then. Things stacked up over time. And it, exactly what you said, it changed and morphed and they stepped into the new spaces. This is what this is what great people are willing to do. Whereas the average go, I have to have all 20 steps figured out. The truth is, even if you had them figured out, you're not going to use all 20 because technology, market, timing, pandemic, whatever it might be is going to change things. You have to be, you have to be resilient when you get into the space. I really like this. And I've got so many things that are going through my head. So I'm going to try and structure them into something that's good for the listeners and the viewers, right? I think the first one, what do you say to this thing um, that they say where it's really important to focus and entrepreneurs spread their focus so much, right? So 
if I literally took this on board, I would do uh, one more thing in a lot of different areas versus should I focus on the one area and, you know, just focus on that and just do that just one more time, right? Because it's like, it, how do you choose the places to do one more in or at? I believe, I believe less is more. So there's this adage out there in the entrepreneur space that's just, it's a fact that's not true. They say millionaires have multiple streams of income. That is a fact, but it's actually not true. And let me tell you what I mean by it. Once they became millionaires, they developed multiple streams of income. But most people became millionaires by being great at one thing first. They built one business, one company, one thing. They got great at that. Human beings have much more capacity than they realize if they become obsessed and focused in one area of their life. One area, attack it, all your energy, all your resources, all your focus, all your intention at that and get great at it. And that is how I believe you become a catalyst in life for anything. I think the, the, the dispersion of your energies to too many places reduces its impact. And so I would say become great at something, one thing. For me, as an entrepreneur, this may sound really anecdotal or silly, but I had to get great in my body. You go, what in the world does that have to do with entrepreneurship? Everything. I needed the energy. I needed the confidence. Working out, eating right, drinking the amount of water I needed to. Also, with things I could control. There were so many things as a young entrepreneur, I couldn't control the market. I couldn't control whether someone necessarily bought from me. I couldn't control all of that. I could control what time I got up. I could control what time I got to the gym, when I worked out, if I went on a walk. And self-confidence is built by keeping the promises you make to you. You make to you. The power of one more is this. Look, I've been teaching this about confidence forever, and everybody's copied it. And I don't know if I said it first or whatever. It doesn't matter. But getting confidence is keeping the promises you make to yourself. In life, we rarely get our goals. I write about this in the book, even though I have a whole goal-setting chapter. We will ultimately always get our standards. Always. And so if your standard is you don't keep the promises you make to yourself, you will have no self-confidence. If your standard is I keep the promises I make to myself, you're going to develop really good self-confidence. But listen to this. If the standard becomes a little better than that, I keep the promises I make to myself, but I do one more, you become superhuman. So if I say I'm going to make 10 contacts in a day in business, I keep that promise. I have self-confidence. If I consistently do 10 plus one more, I become superhuman. If I say I'm going to do 10 reps on the bench in the gym, I do that, I build self-confidence. If I do the 10 reps plus one more, I become superhuman when you stack that up. If I say I'm going to tell my daughter I love her every single day and I do it, I'll build confidence. If I tell her that and I do it one more time, I build superhuman confidence. So the power of one more, the difference between winning and losing is so small, it's almost too scary to talk about. And I know what the difference is now. It's one more. It's one more. 30 minutes on the treadmill. I don't I've I haven't done 30 minutes or 45 minutes on a treadmill in 30 years, but I've done a lot of 31s and 46s because it's one more. And I changed the standard, I changed my life. That's really interesting. And I like the conversation about focus because it's the same thing. I mean, I've seen a lot of of successful entrepreneurs, a lot of my friends, and they built their wealth or their success from their first business. They put everything into that first business. And then over time, yes. maybe they started to spread it out a bit more, but, but way, way later in the game, like 10, 15 years later, you know, it's, yes. yeah. 
It's it's uh I built I have 23 businesses right now. I only have the other 22 because of the one. I got great at one and I became wealthy. And and I'm just gonna tell you this idea that, well, I'm in this business, this business, and this business, one of them's gonna hit. No, they're not, because you're competing against every day in that industry against someone who's obsessed in that industry, innovative in that industry, focused in that industry. That'd be like saying, I'm a professional cricket player or I'm a professional football player, but I also play the piano at nights, right? And I'm a biochemist. You're going to get on a football field and compete against me? Are you out of your mind? That is insane, right? And so the same thing in business. Here's a concept that I was told a few years ago, and it was from a management consultant who was at McKinsey, right? And he said, it's funny because in business, if you put everything in business, it's seen as a workaholic, but in every other venture or pursuit across the world, sport, art, you know, mm -hmm. people are applauded for putting everything into that. Yes. What is your perspective on putting everything into business and that being seen as being a workaholic of sorts. Compare that to, say, for example, like Jordan or Kobe, who just mm -hmm. put everything into it, and now they're seen as the best. What's yeah. your perspective well, on how much to put into it, and is it a bad thing if you put everything into the thing which you are trying to achieve? I get I get asked this a lot, like balances. You know, what if you're? Here's the thing: it's it's the premise is false. By the way, I knew Kobe Bryant. Okay, Kobe was also became eventually a great father. He's a great businessman. I believe Kobe won an Oscar or a Grammy award. My gosh. So he wasn't just a basketball player. What he was, is he developed the habits of greatness. I, in the book, I have this term I use. I say extremity expands capacity. Doing things to the extreme expands your capacity to grow. I had John Maxwell on my podcast. Great thought leader, leadership guy. And he said, Ed, I, my capacity to grow is greater in my 70s than it was in my 40s because I've expanded my capacity. I think that when I'm crushing it at work, I'm a better father. When I'm failing at work, I ain't that great of a dad at home. I can tell you this, when I'm slaying it in the gym, I bring an energy and a strength and a confidence to my business. So that gym does not rob me from my business. My business does not rob me from my family. It's a false premise that's been shoved down our throats the last 30 years and self-help and whatever the movement is, that if I'm doing really great in one area, another area must suffer. I am one man. You are one man or woman. You are one human being, and you should be growing in multiple areas. Now, can you get delusional where you're just 90 hours a week at work and your family suffering? Yeah. And guess what? You're not as good at work as you would be had you had a little bit more family time. What I don't agree with is building three or four businesses at one time any more than I agree that you should be building three or four families at one time. That's insane. And so I don't think crushing it in one area means that somehow there's a finite amount of time or energy. That's just a flawed belief. When I'm crushing at the gym, I'm way better in business. And when I'm not, I'm worse in business. And when I am lazy at the office, I'm telling you, I am not as high impact and loving as a father. So I believe one area magnifies the other. Yeah, I mean, that's something I've been doing for the last three or four months is I started, well, I've been following Andy Frisella and his sure. 75 hard program. Yeah. I've, I've tried it so many times, but I yeah. haven't really kind of hit it yet. But I have started to integrate uh, parts of it. And 
Yep. The first one is exercising every day. So I started one day and I said, cool. Okay, so I'll do the following day and I'll do the following day. And after a while, it was like 30 days in a row and I was sharing it on Instagram. And then everyone started going, wow, how consistent are you? And I was like, all right, I'll do one more. I'll do one more. And now all of a sudden, because I was doing one more every day, now all of a sudden it's a habit. So what's interesting is the one more becomes a habit. And Correct. that's a really interesting approach. And then that's what helps you become superhuman, right? It does. And that habit becomes a standard. And now it's ingrained in you. Like, I'd be honest with you, I've been working out for 30 years. And I'm not probably training as hard right now, if I'm being really honest, just being vulnerable, as I have most of my life. And I think it kind of shows. But I still train five days a week. Be like, I trained today. I worked out today. It's like, it's like, it's kind of like I brush my teeth every morning. I work out every morning. Now, when I was starting, I was like, I'm going to go lift all this heavy stuff early in the morning. I want my coffee. I want to stretch out. You know, I'll do it after work. But now that I've done it, it's reflexive. Your brain wants to develop habits. The way your brain works is it's trying to conserve energy. So the more stuff it has to think about, the more it wears down. So it's trying to build a habit. The truth is, if you don't work out every day, you've built a habit of not working out every day. If you don't get up at the same time every day, you've built a habit of not getting up at the same time every day. So you already have a habit. You're already great at doing habits. The question is, is do they serve you? And if they don't, be aware of them. And then typically, it's probably about 30 days, roughly, that something begins to become reflexive and the brain goes, I don't need to think about this anymore. You got to go through the 30 days of thinking about it, though. That's the rub. Well, I go the 30 days of negotiating it because that's what you're really doing. Do I really want to go work out? I don't know if it's worth it. It's raining outside. You negotiate. But eventually, you stop negotiating with yourself, and you just do it because it becomes habitual. And when the negotiation's gone, you're a free person. Yes, one of the things which I like from the 75 Hard program as well is that um, you have to work out outside like at least once a day. Yeah. Even if it's raining. So now, yeah. I actually prefer to walk in the rain because it kind of makes me feel like I'm doing something that other people are not. And I think there's this psychological strength that happens you just, you if just you just keep it. trying. You, know? you said you just nailed it. You said the ultimate sentence. I You just said the ultimate sentence. I just want to acknowledge something you said there. Growing up, I uh, really struggled with my self-confidence. I was small, uh, not particularly smart. Um, I come from an alcoholic family. There's a lot of shame that comes with that, you know? And I, I have to tell you that I started to be doing things that other people weren't willing to do. And I remember saying to myself, you know what? I may not be the biggest or the smartest, and I don't have a good, great family, but I am doing stuff nobody's willing to do. And long-term, I'm going to get things most people aren't going to get. And my self-confidence came for that. I think it's not only important, brother, to do those things, but to say it to yourself exactly. See, doing the thing other people are willing to do is great, but it only makes a deposit in the confidence bank if you acknowledge it to yourself. You got to do both. And so that's what's cool about being outside. You're like, no one's crazy enough to be doing this right now. I'm going to get something other people aren't willing to get. And that's a huge, it's where my confidence comes from. Mm. It's where it comes from. It's like, I am doing stuff. I'm doing it right now. I'm 51 years old. I've got hundreds of millions of dollars. I've done over a hundred podcasts about my book. And I know most authors aren't willing to do that. That are startup authors who care about the money from their book. I'm giving away all the money from my book, 
but I'm, I have the number one business and personal development book in the world in 2022. It's number one, not third, not second, not pretty good. Number one. Why? It's a great book. It's revolutionary and groundbreaking. And I've worked my ass off to promote it. I'm doing stuff most authors aren't willing to do, and I don't need to do it, but it's my standard now. So I don't have to think about it. It's a habit. Yeah, I think that's a great example. And uh, for myself, yes, I have a stutter. And so I was like, should I start a podcast? I always thought I should start a podcast, but I've got a stutter. So that's pretty bad or pretty hard, not bad, but hard. And, you know, how do I even talk if I can't talk? And so, but I said, no, it's something I want to do. It's scary. So the fact that it's scary means that I want it in some way. Like I'm not scared about the kitchen chores, right? (laughs) I'm not scared about that. But if I've got fear, there's something that I want on the inside and the fear is holding me back for because of some insecurity and i just started and i just kept going i did one more i did one more i did one more i did one more and i was like after a while it's been three or four years now um it's an award-winning podcast but yes it all started because i had this fear i wanted to do it for ages and i just started and then once i started i just kept going and so it's just i think fear connection to the thing which you are scared of doing means that you want to do it. So maybe there's a place there to start because yeah. you wouldn't be scared otherwise. Right? Like, is yeah. that a true statement? By the way, congratulations for that. And yeah. in in the max out book, I wrote about this thing called the butterflies. And uh, I was just talking about this. I interviewed a guy, a comedian named Dane cook yesterday. And he and I were talking about the fine line between anxiety and excitement. And, and I call it that butterfly feeling. All the great things in our life. Do you know what I mean when I say, but like in high school, if you had a date, you get those butterflies or like before a big sporting event, you get the butterflies, right? To me, most people feel those butterflies fear. They're like, oh, I need to avoid it. Me, when I get those butterflies, they go, oh, something great's about to happen. You, it's like the universe's signal to you that something special is on the other side of these butterflies. And so I love that feeling. And it's an indicator to me to do it do it when I get those butterflies. There's a difference between the butterflies and like, you know, jumping off a cliff. That's a different feeling altogether. But what you just said is so profound because here's why it matters that you've done this. And everybody needs to remember this. The very things in your life that think that you think disqualify you from doing something or becoming successful are the very things that actually qualify you to do it. In life, you are most powerfully positioned to help the people or person you used to be. So if you used to be afraid of something and you've powered through it and you no longer are, you're positioned to help all these people with fears. If you used to be broke and now you got a couple bucks, you're powerfully positioned to help broke people. If you used to be a broken person like I was and you're no longer quite as broken, you are qualified to help broken people. And so that's why growth in life matters so much. Once we grow out of something or through something, we're now in a position to help all those people who struggle with the same thing. So the very thing you think holds you back, this is what's crazy about life. That I'm disqualified because I stutter. I'm disqualified because I don't have a college degree. I'm disqualified because I, I had a bankruptcy. I'm disqualified because I had a divorce. I'm disqualified because I don't have confidence. I'm disqualified because I'm whatever. Is the very thing that would qualify you to be great at it when you get to the other side because you can help all those people who struggle with the same thing. It's awesome. Yeah, Seth Godin, I think, was the first person on the podcast I was like speaking about my stutter and he said, well, actually, yeah, people think that just because uh, they can speak well, that they should have a podcast, but actually having a stutter um, 
it makes you more empathetic. You care more, you try more, um, it's more involved. And what was interesting about that, like, is like this example of like fear and the benefits of all the insecurities and how somebody compensates and that compensation, like the opposite of your insecurities, there's a strength, right? Correct. And there's a strength in that. And so, but you don't get to see it without action. And so what I like about the book is it's a, because there's so many people, right? And there's a concept out there, right? I have an idea. Okay. And now what, right? Because everyone has an idea, but it's about the, the steps that somebody takes, right? Yes. And that's the part which I like about the book is that, Yes, it's thinking and yes, it's vision, but it's all action. It's one more action, right? It's not another idea of the thing I'm, I'm no. thinking about doing. It's like- Your ability like to execute action. on your life. It's your ability to execute in your life. Execution. And so if I have a criticism of my book, I will tell you that it may be too many strategies, too much information. It is not like a, look, I even say this in the book. I, it's sitting right over here. I could go, I'll show it, watch. I have two books here that I think are the two best personal development books of all time. I, and I, I just mean this think and grow rich and the power of one more, my book. And I love think and grow rich. I just told you I, it's my faith other than my book. There's one challenge with it. You don't just think and get rich. You got to do stuff. You got to do stuff. Mm -hmm. And the, what do I do is the thing most people struggle with. And what you just said is totally correct. You can think all day long. You can have an idea all day long. It's your ability to execute on it. In fact, most entrepreneurs didn't even come up with the idea. Netflix didn't come up with the idea. Blockbuster did, and they didn't execute with technology. And now they're closed. And Netflix, even though they're struggling now, birthed an industry. Netflix's problem is they didn't innovate. And now Amazon Prime and Apple and Roku and all these other guys are coming along going, all right, we got you now. We're out executing you, right? Apple didn't create the iPhone. They, they created the iPhone, but they didn't create the phone, the, the telephone that had technology on it. They just out-executed BlackBerry. And I remember, I don't know if you're old enough to remember this. I had a BlackBerry. I'm like, I will never get rid of this BlackBerry. There's no way they own this. And their problem was they didn't execute. And an innovator came along and out-executed them. A lot of times in entrepreneurship, it is not the quality of your idea. It's your ability to execute on someone else's idea better than they execute on it and solve the problem better. They don't always have to be brilliant ideas. I'm worth hundreds of millions of dollars. None of the businesses I started were a innovative or unique idea or concept. I out-executed people in those industries to win. Yeah, and I think that's, I mean, I've got two more questions just for this podcast, but just yeah. a point on that um, as well is that um, what's interesting is that there's so much hype out there about software companies, right? So much yeah. hype. Everyone wants to be Facebook or Twitter, or, um, maybe not Twitter, but uh, yeah. Facebook or TikTok or whoever, <laughs> right? right? Um, yeah, and yeah, and but there's but the whole world has got a lot of things out there that is not just software companies, right? And you know what's interesting is that you know concrete or piping or yes. I don't know, like there's all these things in the world that there are billionaires in India and China and all that not from software, right? So I think that's a really good point to have is that you can build wealth in the yeah. most obscure places if that's something yeah. which you want to be doing. Oh, I love you. You're like, this isn't ever talked about. You're totally right. Like I'm blessed that I, you know, I'm around a lot of mega successful entrepreneurs and, uh, and some of them are, you know, Phil Knight from Nike's a neighbor of mine, for example. He didn't create tennis shoes. 
he didn't create running shoes, right? Like he didn't, you know, he didn't create them. He got good at innovating and executing on them and marketing them. And some of my wealthiest, wealthiest friends are in the construction business. They're electricians, right? They're, I have a one friend who's a really, really wealthy guy. He does transmissions on cars. That's his business. He's in the transmission business and he's rolling in dough. So, you know, I have another buddy of mine who builds boats. Very wealthy guy. He builds boats. He didn't invent boats. He does it better. So you're 100% right. And what's interesting about that is that, you know, for the longest time, I had this thing which I called a business model envy. I have my business. It's doing well. It's doing great. But look at that software company. A friend of mine's yeah. got some, a couple of my friends actually have software companies. And I'm like, oh, that's so cool. I wish I had that. But they have their own problems. That's a whole other set of problems, right? And I think there's this, I think it's okay to let people know that there's a there's so many business ideas out there. And it's not about software or this. It's about the business thinking, right? It's about all the execution on the things that matter, which is not the product. It's not the service. It's not the thing. It's like the business side of things, right? And so now I want to link this to the second last question. Now okay. you've got the power of one more on the things in your life, which you can do every day. And that are basically there, right? So health, a family and so on. But then you've got the power of one more in business. Mm -hmm. Now, how do you know which places to focus your time and effort in business, right? Because in business compared to life, there's unlimited possibilities. I could do yeah. outreach emails. I could do podcasts. I could do content. I mm. could do so many different things. I could do partnerships. I could do sales strategies. How does somebody know where they should do the power of one more just when there's so many options for their one business? Yeah. I just covered this with my coaching group. It's interesting that you asked that because I'm seeing a lot of people not understanding this. And by the way, I've messed this up myself. That's why it's such a good question. Most of the stuff I teach is just mistakes I've made. Right. I wish I could. Same, by the way, it's so yeah. easy when you've like, uh, because I'm yeah. old as well now. Well, I'm getting older, let's say. Um, yeah. And so I've made every mistake, but yeah, oh, please. Yeah. please. I, I, I find new ways to make mistakes still, but I've made a lot of them. And one of them is that I have wasted so much time in my career on non-needle moving activities, non-high impact moves. I believe if you're the runner, the owner of the business, I'm willing to sweep the floor, believe me, in any one of my businesses. I'm willing to do anything. But I got to tell you, you got to do things that move the needle in whatever your industry is. The high impact, big move stuff that can move it significantly is what you should be spending your time on. And in any way, shape or form, you can delegate or pay other people to do the things that don't move the needle as much as what you should be doing. I believe that in life too. In every area of my life, I'm trying to find what's the highest impact thing I can do right now that moves the needle most significantly. I will say this, having said that, the world has changed in business. And by and large, in most businesses, it is no longer who you know. It is who knows you. And so I do believe most businesses benefit from brand building, building personal and business brands, because they continue to grow, they continue to expand. And by the way, the number one place most people go to validate your brand is actually reviews online. It's not just your social media, it's reviews. It's your ability to post reviews, third-party endorsements, clients who say yes. When people see other people like them participating in your business or product, they are much more likely to do it. All the studies now show us this. So I do believe in brand building. I have spent 
an enormous amount of my 40s now that I'm in my 50s on my personal brand, my business brands. And I am now able to push the button in most of my businesses because millions of people know me, whereas eight years ago, 18 people knew me. Right. And so when my when, 30 years ago, I would have said, it's not it's not what you know, it's who you know. Right. And now it's not what you know. It's not who you know. It's who knows you and your ability to have more people know you is huge and then do the high impact things every day. And the high impact things, as far as I understand them, and this is the things I believe mm. it's sales and marketing. It's bingo, to get things in the door. So if you're confused about what we're talking about, yes, if you can get money in, in some way. And if you can expand the brand, fantastic, right? In terms of a personal brand, this is something I've now started to work mm. on as well. It's fun, right? Um, but it's definitely the power of one more with personal branding because at first you're just posting and there's nothing, but after a while it starts to accumulate and then things start to happen. But the exciting thing about personal brand, you have free audience. Now you need to treat them respectfully, but just think of all the paid spend, which you'd have to do to build credibility and all that. If you have a personal brand, they just trust you already and then be respectful. But then there's things which you can, encourage people to take action on. And I think that's super valuable. You have two keys on building your personal brand, everybody that you probably won't hear elsewhere. One, provide value. And two, document your life. You'd be surprised how many people are interested in how screwed up your life is and being vulnerable on it. You don't have to be perfect. If you, if you want to impress people, show them how perfect you are. If you want to connect with people and get them to participate with you, reveal your imperfections to them. Like other people go, well, I, who wants to listen to me? You'd be surprised how funny it is if you were a mother listening to this, how funny it is and entertaining that if you documented in a given morning, how what a nightmare it is to get your kids up and get them out to school and get them in the car and take them. And at the same time, you're making a call for the business. You're like, any of you relate to this? I got to get my kid. He's got a booger in his nose. He's got this. I got a meeting at eight o'clock. People are like, they're rooting. They're like, wow, I'm rooting for you. Reality television has been extended now to personal branding. So a lot of people just discount. Why would anybody care what I'm doing? You'd be surprised. And eventually you kind of find your jam on it. Now, my jam in the beginning was value because I had already been successful. So I'm like, here's keys, tips, and this. But some there's so many people trying to be an influencer, trying to be an expert. That's a lot of noise. And you could do that. That's a very valuable thing. But another thing is just document your life. It's entertaining. And don't just do what everybody else does. Here's me with my kids. Here's my steak dinner. Show the funny stuff. Show your car in the morning. Show getting ready. Say like, man... And where my brand took off was actually the nights where I was coming back for meetings and I'd be in my car at 10 o'clock at night, seriously. And I'd flip the phone on and go, hey, guys, what a crappy night. I missed this sale tonight and I needed it. And it's my fault. You know, I did this, this or this. I thought I had it. I don't know how many relate to it, but I've had some nights where I'm teary eyed. And yeah. people are like, man, we're rooting for you. And what? here's the key on your brand. Is what you're posting possibly shareable? The only way your following grows is if people want to share what you're doing. So, well, those nights you're like, well, because a lot of people are like, hey, man, I know you're hurting too. Check this dude out in his car. I know you're all sorry. I know you missed your sale too. I know your kids are driving you crazy too. I know you're down too. I know you're struggling with sales too. I know you're struggling with your confidence too. You should see this guy, right? And so it's shareable stuff. And so just keep that in mind with your branding. And I think that's a really great point. Um, and this does definitely connect to the power of one more because you share it. And so here's the thing which I have found about most people. 
they care that people are going to think about them the wrong way. And, and the thing I say is that the fight is not that they are thinking about you like in a negative way. The fight is they don't even care yet. They don't even know you. It's, it's okay. that you are just insignificant right now. So don't okay. worry about what people are going to think. Just imagine that maybe there's somebody who can connect with you. So I think that's a really Here's the truth. Point. I used to tell my son this with his brain. I'd say, Max, hey, buddy, they're not thinking about you. They're thinking about what you're thinking about them. <laughs> that's what they're worried about. They ain't thinking about you, man. So post some stuff. Show your life, man. You know, mm. let them see. My son's a golfer. I'm like, document your game. Show them the day you shoot 86. Because they'll be rooting for you and cheering for you on the day you shoot 72. Mm. Show them both, Max. Show them you practicing. Everyone on Instagram wants to show you the perfect golf shot. Show them one when you top it. Show them one when you dunk it in the lake. And now they're like, man, this dude's real. Mm. I'm going to follow his golf career. And they did because it wasn't all perfect shots. I said, Max, you're not going to out Tiger Woods, Tiger Woods. You're not going to out Adam Scott, Adam Scott from using Australian guys, right? Like, mm. you know, be a real guy and they'll root for you. And they did. Uh, and one final question. And I really like your thinking on this, right? And I think it's a good way to end it too, right? You talk about you really understand the power of one more when it's taken away from you, when yeah. the option is taken away from you. So could you talk about that quickly? Because I thought that's such a good way to really understand the value of it. Oh, it's a hard one for me to talk about. But yeah, my dad got cancer, who was my best friend. And when my dad first got cancer, he goes, hey, listen to me. I'll fight this once. But I'm not going to lose my hair. I'm not going to get all shriveled up. I'm not going to be a burden to, you know, I'm not going to suffer. And I said, okay, dad. And that led to eight years of him fighting it. Chemo, chemo, radiation, surgery, 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 chemo, proton therapy, surgery, surgery, experimental chemo, radiation, one more surgery. And he was going through it. I said, dad, why are you doing it? You said you're only going to fight it once. He goes, you know what, Eddie? You only understand the power of one more when you're threatened with never having another one more. And he goes, you know what? I'm willing to do this because what if I can have one more wedding of one of my granddaughters? What if I can get to one more speech of my sons? What if I can get to one more football game of my nephews and my grandsons? What if I can just have one more day with your mom? And you only know the power of one more day or one more moment or one more breath or one more chance when you may not have another one more. And so for so many of you listening to this, I would just say, don't wait for that. The power of one more exists right now. And you don't have to wait till there isn't another one more to have a full-blown grateful appreciation for the fact that you have one. Whatever situation you come to listening to this or watching this today, you're one decision away from changing it. You're one podcast away. Maybe it's this one right now from changing your life. You're one meeting away, one event, one emotion. We said this in the beginning as a strategy, but now that I'm saying it now at the end, you know I'm right. So there is a power to one more. So hang in there. Ed, what a great conversation. You are full of energy. You're full of knowledge. You're full of wisdom and you're vulnerable. What a great combo. No wonder you have so many followers on social media and you're consistent. That's, that's the one thing that we know. For the listeners, you can get the book on Amazon. It's yep. the power of one more. I'd also would highly recommend to purchase the Max Out uh, Your Life as well. Super Thank short, you. but super high value. Um, and then where's the best way that they can connect with you? There's so many places. You know, So where would you want them to go? Eh, uh, probably Instagram, Ed Milet, E-D-M-Y-L-E-T-T. -T. I've got the 
you know, get probably the biggest podcast and business and self-help in the world too. So anywhere, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, just it's at, my last name's M-Y-L-E-T-T. You can find me. Ed, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. You have just dropped a lot of knowledge and a lot of actionable insights um, just on the things that matter. So thank you so much for coming and sharing today. My honor, brother. Continue to do this great work. You're outstanding at it. And it was great to be with you. I'll come back anytime you need me. Thanks, Ed. Okay, God bless you. Thanks for listening to the Growth Manifesto podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, please give us a five-star rating on iTunes. For more episodes, please visit growthmanifesto.com forward slash podcast. And if you need help driving growth for your company, please get in touch with us at webprofits.io.